This one goes out to the conscious entrepreneurs here to make a difference in a big way. Welcome to the Heart, Soul, and Guts podcast. You've got the vision. You've heard the call. The world needs what you have to give, and you're ready to show up. Exactly how that's going to happen, that part's not so clear. Dreaming it and living it, two very different things. Deep breath, sister, you're in the right place. Amy Biondini is crazy about people and about business, and she's here to help you. It's time to get out of stuck and into action aligned with your soul. Are you ready? Here's Amy. Matt, thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Amy. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and give me the Cliff Notes version on the Matt Morney story? What are the highlights? Sure. Well, I'll try to keep it short here. (laughs) Well, years ago, I went to university and got my business degree and I guess was really at that time interested in marketing and small business and things like that. When I got out of university, interestingly enough, I, I received a job offer from the provincial government here in Canada and worked in the social housing field for a number of years at the provincial and federal government level. So it wasn't really... I guess what I went to school for, but it was a great opportunity for for a young guy at the time. Just eventually after doing that for a while, I knew I wanted to get involved into, you know, business and sales and things like that. So I transitioned out of government and I guess probably for the last seven years or so, I've been focused on, you know, sales marketing, doing a couple of different roles and kind of going towards back toward the business background. And now I'm just earlier in 2015, started up my company, Pod Assist, that helps podcasters with a number of things that they need to, to help deliver their message to the world. And was that short enough or was that, <laughs> that okay? No, that's good. That's perfect. Yeah. So you've gone from kind of from government and corporate and now into entrepreneurship. Exactly. Mm. Would you say that you've always kind of had an entrepreneurial leaning or bent? Well, uh, you know my brother, Mark, and he, he's great. Your twin brother, but he's a great role model to have or motivation because he's always been an entrepreneur right from as long as I can remember. I mean, he was building businesses in his early 20s and had a number of them throughout the years and had 100 employees at one point. So he was sort of the entrepreneurial twin, I suppose, but just watching him from a, a side and along with kind of my, what I learned in university and what I tended to read and, you know, be interested in, I knew that I was entrepreneurial minded, but I just didn't quite find the right vehicle till till earlier this year when I jumped into to helping pop. Podcasters. What did you tell me about that? But how and why did that kind of come up? It did. Yeah, well, it's interesting. As you know, I was in the corporate world, and a, the company that I was working for is a good job, and I've been there for for year, a couple of years and enjoyed it. But it was going through a lot of changes with layoffs and things like that, and significant changes to pay structure. So while this was happening, I was seeing Mark uh, with his daily podcast for coaches he was looking to outsource the editing services and i was familiar somewhat with the editing software and i'd always been a fan of podcasts i listened to them three four years ago even before i was involved in the podcast world so i kind of started toying with this idea if you know if i can make it a full-time job originally i was just going to help mark on the side kind of nights and weekends but coupled with i guess what was going on at my work i guess we'll maybe get into that a little Mm -hmm. bit later but it just that that was kind of my introduction into podcasting you know being exposed to it through my brother and listening to someone on the side as well in my spare time yeah 
So how did you know that you found something that you both enjoyed and that could actually be a viable business? Well, I would say right from the start, uh, you're probably... I don't know if you've had the experience when you've done something and you, you know you're not in alignment. Like even the last probably three, four or five months at my corporate job, I could tell that I wasn't aligned with what I wanted to be doing, what I should be doing. And right from, you know, working with Mark's, you know, the early episodes I worked on and then doing helping out, I got a few referrals from him and started working with some other podcasters. And I've mentioned this before to other people, it just blew my mind that I was actually getting paid to listen to podcasts and listen to motivational material that I'd be listening to anyway. So I knew right away that I would do whatever it took to make it a viable business and make, you know, stay in it because I didn't want to go back to the corporate world. <laughs> you know, no offense. It just wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> for me. It wasn't for me. And I, and I knew that. So I'm very happy where I am now. That sounds awesome. I think there's something so powerful about being in alignment and you're right. You do just know. Yeah. There's a fit, you know, the saying, it'll never feel like work if you're doing what you love. And that's absolutely true. Like I, I work seven days a week. My struggle is to actually shut it down and, and, you know, take a bit of time to, to myself because I, I would almost be working or doing this 24 seven because it doesn't feel like work. Oh, that's such a good place to be at. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about why you decided to jump from corporate into kind of podcasting full time. It was in my gut. I, I guess it, it was really, I think, well, it was just earlier in 2015. There's a couple of coworkers of mine on the sales and marketing team that were longtime employees, and they were let go on the same day, well, pretty much dumped from the company with no notice. And both were hardworking people that had dedicated years to the company. So that kind of put our whole team, you know, a little bit on edge because we'd seen a couple rounds of layoffs previously. And then on the very same day, without even missing a beat, senior management pulls us up into the to the conference room and says, all right, we're going to take away your base pays, but don't worry, you know, we'll come up with something else for you guys. But, you know, you're, you're still doing okay <laughs> for, for the economy. And it was kind of like a, I don't know if it was a death by a thousand cuts, I think the saying goes, but it was one mm-hmm. thing after another. And I just felt like, like where my head was, was, okay, this, you know what, this might be okay for some people, but I just knew if those things hadn't happened, I wouldn't have been pushed out the door. Like if they're only minor changes, but where there's totally unexpected acceptable and huge changes. It just, I I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do. I took a few days to kind of look at, see what's out there locally and talk to contacts. And then this idea of actually, you know, helping podcasters full-time kept building, building and building. And and I just knew, I said, all right, I'm going to stop looking for other jobs and I'm going to give this a go and work it full-time and do what I want to do. What do you think was the biggest learning curve between being corporate and kind of not being the boss? Probably. Well, I mean, whenever I've had, you know, jobs in outside sales or marketing, I'd been selling a product, but this is really just selling me and selling something Mm -hmm. that you can't see. It's services, you know, a a group of services. So I guess it took a little bit to get your head wrapped around that, you know, that I'm actually selling myself as opposed to a product for, for somebody else. And how do you kind of deal with that on a day to day and that whole idea of you are now selling you? To me, it feels more natural. Like I'm not an aggressive or pushy salesperson, but Mm -hmm. I I love connecting and and meeting people. And with the online world, like we're in such a great position. We were talking the other day how how you can meet 
people from around the globe and talk to anybody. It's amazing. So I think just being yourself and, and you know, connecting with people, but not always selling. Like I send lots of things to people that have maybe other editors or I know they'll never hire me for any sort of service, but it's uh, something that might relate to their show or their industry. So I think if you're you and you're authentic, I think that, you know, that's a way to go and it pays off and, and it works out in the long run if you're in business. So would you say that's your approach to kind of marketing and sales, kind of value-based and really being authentic? Yeah, I, I noticed on your podcast flow questions, the word icky came up and that's exactly right because some <laughs> things when I see, the you know, internet marketing is such a huge thing right now. There's some things that just feel icky when you open your inbox and you've got two, three emails from the same person, bang, 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 or, you know, everybody's, you have to obviously be in business, you have to sell yourself, but it's, it's a balancing act where you can't always just be selling people because no one wants to just be sold to. <laughs> so that's just my personal personal opinion. I, and even in the past, in corporate jobs, I've always done best when I've built relationships up with clients and, mm-hmm. and they knew that I wasn't just talking to them to, to make a sale. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, nobody does want to be sold to the whole time. And I think that is a balance for entrepreneurs, particularly in the early days, is then balancing being in business and being genuine about wanting to connect. Yeah, because on the flip side, I guess a lot of coaches or maybe people in this maybe in this space don't sell enough. So it can be confusing because I think if you're selling but you're not coming across as, you know, icky, like you say, I think because you do have to keep your eye on if you can't, if you don't have clients, you won't be in business. So that's a balance that I, I work with as well in, yeah. in my my business to be make sure I'm always, you know, developing my business, but in a non-icky way. <laughs> and I think that's the goal for lots of people, isn't it? I think you're absolutely right. You know, people do or can, as they do, can fall into that trap of either being too pushy and too salesy just because they're so aware that they need to have a viable business to kind of pay their bills or they kind of back away from it completely and don't sell enough. I've known uh, lots of salespeople throughout the years and I know the ones that are too timid or not won't, you know, cold call or kind of at least, you know, go, go out there and be at least persistent. I know they're the ones that struggle. So it, it's tough because you have to sell, but you also have to. But I think people can see it's all in the approach. Like as long as you're not overly aggressive and, you know, bugging somebody every single day or take, you know, there's a kind of a common thought out there. Well, I've heard someone on a podcast the other day saying approach a, a prospect twice. 12 times, you know, get 12 no's before, you know, you stop talking to them. Myself, I kind of, I'm of the opinion, I had a former sales manager who had a saying that said, you fish where the fish are. So if somebody says no three, four or five times, like why waste your time and that person's time and make it awkward, you might as well kind of just move on and on to the next, I guess. Yeah, I can see that. I think there's, there's this whole idea that, you know, you need to be in touch with people like seven times before they'll buy from you as well. And I think that can kind of create... Attention sometimes because it is about building the relationship. Do you have any kind of wisdom to share with people just getting started and who are struggling to find that balance? It's just just be yourself, like we said. Be be authentic. 
listening to podcasts is a great way because you get so many different. I mean, if you typed in sales podcasts now with the explosion of podcasts, I'm trying to think someone that's not a client but has a great show is Donald Kelly, the sales evangelist. Like he just, that's his thing, sales. He's been on, on Mark's show and Mark's been on his and people like that. That's a real passion. There's so many people out there that really are uh, sales experts and have great techniques for people. I'd recommend if anyone's looking to get into sales or business for themselves, especially if it's their they're, you know, if it's a new concept to them, a podcaster, I'm a little biased, but, 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 but <laughs> no, podcasts really? are a great way. Yeah. <laughs> Just go hop on and listen to some podcasts and you're going to get some great insight from some experts in the field. Awesome. How about any wisdom for people who are kind of still in corporate, but like you were saying before you left, had that feeling that something's off, but kind of they don't quite know what the next step is. I think take down any boundaries of what you thought was possible. Like we're living in a day and age where it's a lot different than our parents and grandparents. And, you know, with, with what's available, the tools of the internet, social media, the anything outsourcing options that's available, you can start a business up from, from home and it's very doable and it's very possible. So I think people have to get, maybe get out of their head that, you know, the only jobs available are in a factory or door to door sales, or you have to work for government or you have to be, you know, that's great if you want to do those things, but I'm finding even locally, I think I mentioned it to you around here is that, you know, when people that I know locally say, what are you doing now? Sometimes when I tell them, they, they look at, you know, podcasting, like, I was telling people, I, I might as well say I'm an astronaut <laughs> sometimes, but I start to pick up more and more popularity where I've noticed even just a couple times lately where people are like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I've heard of podcasts or isn't Google getting involved in podcasts or, oh, okay, my son listens to podcasts. So it's starting to get more known. But yeah, that would be my advice. If you're in corporate, don't don't think that you're stuck there for the rest of your life. You'd, if you don't want to jump right straight into a venture like I did, you could try building something on the side and I guess they call it side hustle you know you yeah. could always do that and then you've you know I guess there's two schools of thought some people say you know you have to do that until your income gets close to where your corporate job was other people I'm probably on the other side similar to Mark where I just burn the ships and jump in and because then you could focus I, I didn't want to have one foot in one boat and one in the other I, I had to focus on this a hundred percent but it's not not for everyone and some people have different situations maybe they have children and things which which i don't so i maybe i had a little bit less to consider where it was just me to feed <laughs> if that helps at all for advice no definitely definitely does and i'm with you on the burning of the ships you know i don't as well you know because, you. well i just thought that you know having one foot in both camps just wasn't gonna work for me how does the saying go he who chases two rabbits catches none i always think of that and if i was focusing on a, a day job or a stressful day job and sales targets and then coming home and having to do this and especially considering where everybody's in different time zones i would yeah. i wouldn't be able to to do both for sure absolutely and i guess it is just about finding what which way works for you yep exactly awesome how big a part do you think mindset really plays in the success that an entrepreneur has Oh, I think it's huge. Like, I think everybody has, whether they want to admit it or not, has those self-limiting beliefs. I've been, everybody's guilty of it. I've had them as well. Like, you, you know, you have the little voice inside your head telling you, well, you know, you can't do that or why it's not going to work. So that's why I love podcasts. Like, even if I'm technically working, I think I'm getting like good 10 hours of 
personal development a day drilled right into my head because it's all <laughs> entrepreneurs like like yourself. So again, I have to pinch myself that I actually get paid to do this. I think mindset's so huge. Don't let anybody, everyone will tell you why it can't work. I mean, my boss at my last job said, really, you're going to leave this job? And the senior manager said the exact same thing. Are you crazy? Do you know how many people would want to have this job? And it's really it kind of a common theme. It's so individual. Do what's right for you. Don't let somebody else tell you what you're capable of doing. I love that. It's so true. You know, we really are our biggest supporters or our biggest enemies is ourselves. Yeah, one thing I've noticed, anyone that tells you that you can't do it, they're most likely somebody that's never done anything really in their life, <laughs> you know, in terms of chasing their dreams. So I always think of it like that, and that kind of makes me feel a little better. Like, it's taken me, <laughs> taken me years to kind of get out of that mindset that I have to please other people. That's true, but I think that's a really difficult place to be in because I think we do naturally want to please the people. So I think it is it is difficult, and I think particularly in the online space, you know, it's not familiar to everyone. You know, having kind of the, the government job or the corporate job that is very much accepted because everyone, that's what everyone knows. Yeah, and they think you've made it if you're, you know, if you're at a certain, with a certain company or, or level, you've technically made it in the eyes of your peers. But yeah, I think that's a, definitely a common thing, I guess, here in, in Canada as well. Well, I think, I think it's common all over the world. It's what's it's just what's known and if you do something that's outside of that you know mm. people are going to have an opinion and they're not always shy about voicing that opinion and yeah. because entrepreneurs as you said it's it's about kind of us staying focused on kind of what we want on our dreams that's right and everybody's different some people that's fine if you know if you want to work uh, being an entrepreneur is not for everybody so it's uh, definitely uh, takes a certain mindset when you talk about mindset you've got to got to be in the right headspace Definitely, definitely. I guess you work with a lot of kind of entrepreneurs kind of through your, your business. What would you say kind of some of the biggest challenges that you see I'm struggling with? I think trying to be too perfect. Like I've spoke with people back in the summer that were thinking of starting up a show and here we are at the end of the year and maybe it's not launched yet for various reasons. But I think, I mean, sometimes it's easier said than done, but you really just have to jump in and not worry. Like it's gonna, I've said this on other shows before, your second show is going to be better than your first and your third episode is going to be better than your second. Just, I think the keys to get started and to be consistent and build up that library that, you know, helps build your brand and don't worry some things may change you may change your intro music down the road you might change the format you might change it the days that it's released or the number of times it's released per year but but don't worry about being perfect because no nobody even the big names in podcasting the john lee dumases and pat flins and people like that they weren't perfect when they started so they certainly you, you learn with experience and the keys just to get started i guess as soon as possible I love that because I do think one of the, the most difficult things is just jumping in and taking action. Yeah, in anything you do, yeah. <laughs> not just podcast. I guess I'm, you know, where I deal with podcasts so much. That's a common struggle that I see. But it could be even just anything. Starting a business, even if it's not related to podcasting, uh, people starting bricks and mortar businesses or different things. There's never a right time to do it. I guess they say that if there is one, at the right times now, so you can at least get started. And and that's what I did actually when with my last job back in May. The the significant changes were announced, and they gave us a for pay, and they gave us a six-month grace period so i said well 
you know, I ended up leaving in June, but I, I knew I didn't want to be the be the type of person that waited till October 31st and then started considering my future because that would be too late. So I feel like you know I think you're absolutely right. I think just this whole fear of being perfect or not the fear of not being perfect is huge for entrepreneurs, particularly when they're getting started. And I feel like a part of that is this whole idea of also having to do everything themselves rather than kind of getting the, the expert support that they yeah it can be intimidating for sure like there's all these technical terms again i'll go back to podcasting but you see these things like libsyn and id3 tags and mp3 resizers and rss feeds and just all these things that can really like i mean even when i really first started getting into podcasting i, I had to learn too so it's not rocket science, but but it just takes takes a little bit of time to learn or to get somebody that knows how to do it to save you some time and headaches. Mm, I think that's true. You know, for entrepreneurs across the across the um, across the board, you know, it, there's a little bit of a learning curve in terms of just learning a new language and a new landscape. Mm-hmm. And I think this whole idea is that you have to do everything yourself. It's kind of a little bit ingrained in us, potentially from corporate. Was I think when you're running your own business, there is so much to do that you can't possibly be an expert in everything. There is this very real possibility that we end up burning ourselves out trying to do everything. Especially I find with podcasting, I know this is what I like when I listen to an episode, it's the first time that that I've listened to it. So I have some I have fresh ears and mm. I'm gung ho ready to go. But I, I know if you had a weekly or daily show, you did the interview and then you go back to listen to it again, start, stop it, to edit, to take the show notes and and everything. It's almost like I know the interviews are, are great. You can learn something from it, but you're almost having to do it, do it again, whereas a podcast editor can can just kind of like say look at it or listen to it with with fresh ears to do to do the job what's your view on kind of when you should do something yourself in in your business or when you should actually invest in kind of bring in expert support yeah i certainly don't think there's a harm in knowing how to do these things but at the same time for a coach that's selling coaching programs or for an entrepreneur that's an author maybe or someone selling an ebook things like that i'm I'm, it kind of goes back to the henry ford thing when they think that might have been in think and grow rich maybe or when he's on the stand and somebody asked him try to confuse him on a technical question he said well i don't know i just press a button and you know i have somebody that knows how to to do it like it's impossible to know everything about everything so i think a lot of people it, it certainly doesn't hurt to know it but even if you're hiring and out there, if you're outsourcing and you're hiring a company to look after things you're going to learn those terms just through the course of talking to them but the fact that you maybe your editing company you should be resizing your mp3 that's good to know because it's going to save you some room on your hosting site and on your computer but do you really need to know the steps to go through uh, the reason this just jumps out is i just resized and retagged and remixed 22 files for a client yesterday and i for me even for me it took hours and hours but i i kind of got into the flow and doing it i thought wow if i was a coach this would be something that i wouldn't want to be spending my time on so it's an interesting concept and what i recommend usually is if you're thinking of outsourcing try it for a couple months to to make sure that's a good fit with the editing company or the the company that you're outsourcing to Mm -hmm. but also see how much time it's going to save you and in the end probably money because your time is worth money and so you're giving it to somebody that likes doing the 
kind of the behind the scenes things where you can focus on the big picture of your business and growing it. Absolutely. And I think that at time saving is huge because we forget as entrepreneurs, you know, our time is incredibly valuable. And the time you spend doing something that you could be outsourcing is time you're not bringing money into your business. Yeah, there's only so many hours in a week. I think it's 168 for everybody. So it's definitely, I think for entrepreneurs, I know maybe I'm contradicting myself because I said don't try to sell too much. But the part that does get get overlooked is the fact that you do need to get out and do relationship building and sales and marketing to get clients or else you're not going to be in business. How would you say that running your own business has impacted your life kind of beyond just in terms of what you do for work? Sure. I know I, just because it's pretty fresh in my mind earlier mm-hmm. in the year, I'm a generally, I'm a, been always been a positive person. And earlier in the year, I could just feel myself dragging when I was in the corporate job, dragging myself into the, into the office and just not, I knew I wasn't aligned. So I think what it's, for me, it's just, it's changed everything. It's changed my outlook, hope for the future, excitement. I had in the back of my mind not to run down the former company, but I just, the thought of crossed my mind fairly often. Am I going to be doing this till I'm 65 years old or, you know, yeah. <laughs> you only get one life. And, and so for me, I think it just generally changed. It made me even more positive and excited for the future and just get, I jump out of bed in the morning. I work late at night and I don't mind it at all. I work weekends. I love it. So it sounds like it's changed how you see yourself and what's possible. Definitely, for sure. Yeah, anything's possible. Doing this here has definitely shown that. Mm. How do you keep going in those kind of early days where you haven't got necessarily kind of the clients or the income coming in steadily? For me, personally, just looking at the long term and not focusing on those little setbacks. So for just focusing at looking at the long term and knowing this is like I'm doing what I want to do, whether it takes six months to really get going or three months or one year or three years, it's knowing that you're not going to quit and just ride the, the ups and the downs. But it's been knock on wood, it's gone really, really well. And so I can't complain. I think keeping that eye on, on the long term is the biggest thing and not, not getting thrown off by looking at little things that happen on a day-to-day basis. So it sounds like it's more about kind of keeping your eye on the prize and just keeping moving towards that. Like you said earlier in the interview in terms of when you were actually in corporate and it was kind of, there was something off, it didn't feel great, but at the same time, unless there'd been these big changes, you probably wouldn't have left. True. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'll be honest, like if there was only a small change and my pay wasn't affected too much, it probably wouldn't have given me that push. So it's funny how everything works out for a reason. You know, at the time I look at it and I think, oh gosh, you know, there's layoffs around me and pay is going to be going down, morale on the team's low. But then it, it actually turned into something I scared and definitely fearful, but it actually turned out to be something that was good in the long run. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everything does happen for a reason. I think sometimes something that seems bad at the time could be... It's really odd. I lost a job in 2009. I had no idea what I was going to do. And I actually ended up saying, well, this might be a push from the universe or, or whatever people may call it to do something completely off the wall. So I started putting out resumes right across Canada, had offers well, far up north in Nunavut. <laughs> and I had offers, you know, out west and had, you know, three or four opportunities. And I took a job the whole way across the country and sold what I could, packed up my vehicle, drove out there not knowing anybody 
and to the 18 months that I was out there just changed my life completely and in terms of change it, I guess it showed me that you know what in this situation if I could lose my job I have no idea what I'm going to do I could still pick up and everything worked out great I met a new group of friends I got to live in a new city a much bigger city than where I'm from here on the east coast and but at the time driving across the country I was thinking what am I doing I don't know anyone I'm moving to a big city I'm way across far from family I've never lived outside of my home province and all those little thoughts creeped in so yeah looking back now yet yeah, I have hindsight to see that it was really it really expanded my horizons and now I know I can move anywhere and be fine live anywhere do anything those are good things to know yeah opens up a whole world of opportunities I think a lot of people they fear change but mm, change is, is good it helps you grow for sure it does it uh it busts those comfort zones wide open mm-hmm. which is scary sometimes completely random question that i'm interested to just get your opinion on do you think or do you sense there's a difference in the way that men and women do business or approach business I've heard of this talked on a few podcasts. I'll, I'll be honest, most of my clients are probably males, but I do know, like, I, I see very strong representation in podcasting and business in general. I think that the internet, again, and, and the new world's kind of opening up opportunities for everybody in general, not just guys, not just girls. There is definitely an equal opportunity in terms of the opportunities available. I guess kind of where I was coming from is this, I sometimes come across this sense of kind of the more masculine can be really, really strong and much more aggressive and much more pushy, whereas sometimes the women can kind of be a little bit more hesitant. Now, obviously, that is very... That's a huge generalisation. Coaching, I find, I don't know what the numbers are. I think that's a really good industry, an interesting industry to watch because there's, like I said, strong, very strong coaches, and a lot of them are female coaches in different niches. I just, I, I get a chance to look through my brother's business, and I'm not sure what his client split is or people that he, that's in his community or in his coaching jungle, but I'd almost venture to say it would be about 50-50 probably, and the female coaches I know are very, very good and very confident. If you could go back in time to the, well, not even that long ago, only kind of this summer, but kind of the man that was just getting started in your own business, what would you tell yourself? I think I tell myself not to worry. Everything's going to work out all right. Because I had a few sleepless nights, to be honest. Like, I know that first night, the night I gave my notice, I was like, oh, wow, did I do the right thing? But, yeah, I think anything that's any change I've had in life, it's always worked out for the best and led me to where I'm at. So I think why even worry? Uh, Dale Carnegie has a great book, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. I don't know if you've ever read that one. I know it kind of takes a backseat to how to win friends and influence people, but I actually prefer how to stop worrying and start living better. There's some great stories about people that worried and what happened when you eliminated the worry. And he's got some formulas in there how to fight worry. So. I think that's why I tell myself not to worry about how it's all going to work out in the end. I love that. So stop worrying. I'm going to have to go and check out that book. So what other kind of amazing resources have you come across? Wow. I use so many that are related to podcasting, like mm-hmm. like Skype. We were talking the other day how that's opened up the world. You know, Dropbox, the ability to share huge files. and But there's so many technical resources. But I think the best one for me has just been Facebook because it allows you to really connect. You can see what a person's about. I know some people are 
maybe anti-social media or not quite as big on it. But, uh, you know, you can't question the impact that Facebook has had on business. I used to just think of it as personal, but I, I know personally my friends list has almost tripled since I've just in the past six months since I've been doing this full time. And it's business contacts and people from all over the world. So I think Facebook for me is the most amazing resource to that someone should take advantage of. Yeah, I think, uh, well, Facebook is huge. And I think I read a stat the other day that something like a quarter of all the traffic on the internet is driven through Facebook. Wow. And that's that's too much to not, not to pay attention to. I just know for you know, business and personal, there's I don't think there's anything that can beat it. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree. What's a quote you live by? There's one, and I've misquoted it. It's not by... See, I've heard Jack Canfield say it, but it's actually, I think, from a man called George Adair, but everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. That's the one quote out of the thousands of quotes I take down or, or have heard. That's the one that, that jumps out for my, my situation that's helped me. In terms of kind of what well, life and business, kind of who would you say kind of your teachers or your experts and kind of guides have been and continue to be? Well, right right now, I think every podcaster that I listen to, without sounding hokey, really is my coach. Like, I have a number of coaches because I get to listen to everything, and they're mostly entrepreneurial, but there's some in kind of just, you know, maybe more personal development space. yeah, definitely just the people that I'm listening to on a day-to-day basis. That's that's kind of taken over my – for personal development, I used to read for probably a couple hours a day. But now it's, it's listening to podcasters and entrepreneurs because I could apply pretty much everything to my own life or my own business. Mm-hmm. What are you most excited about in your life and also in your business right now? Well, for life, I think just not dreading Sunday nights and, <laughs> and Monday mornings because that's when our Monday morning sales meeting used to be. It's it's crazy. I The days almost flow together. Like I remember I used to count down. You'd almost kind of count down days till the weekend. I don't do that now. Wednesday is the same as a Saturday, a Sunday. I, I don't have those <laughs> Sunday blues. So for life, that's what's exciting. And for business, uh, like I mentioned, I'm kind of talking to a few people about uh, helping out because it's, you know, there's been a good response to the services that I offer. So that's mm-hmm. exciting too. So I'll have some help in, in 2016. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, things are going well in life and business. That sounds good. It sounds like your business is going to be growing in 2016, which is brilliant. Yeah. It's nice to help people out. I could not have said it, but said it better myself. Mm. So now that everyone's had a chance to get to know you and kind of fall in love with you, I'm sure. How can they say hi and keep in touch with you? <laughs> well, my website's really simple. It's just podassist.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-S-I-S-T.com. And I have a Facebook fan page. Well, I'm on personally Facebook, but the, the group or company page is just facebook.com forward slash podassist. Beautiful. So I would encourage everyone to kind of stop by and say hello to Matt. And uh, Matt, thank you so much for your time today and for all the wisdom that you've shared. Yeah, thanks for having me on your show, and I'm really excited to get to listen to uh, to what you put out here in the future. Well, you're going to get to hear from a lot of it since you're also my, my podcast editor. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much, Matt. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for listening, gorgeous. Love what you heard? Leave a review on iTunes because that helps people find the show. Then get your sweet self over to heartsoulandguts.com and join the convo. And by the way, thanks for being you because the world needs more dreamers who get stuff done.